Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 18 of the We Watch 100 Isekai podcast, where we are recording and discussing World Trigger. Ah, yes, World Trigger, also known as Wardo Triga, also known as Wartry, or Watori. Man. <laughs> I'm pretty sure yeah. people only call it Watari, but then uh, Wikipedia decided to try and re-Romanize it as Wartry, which sounds a lot harsher. Wartry? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, I wouldn't doubt that there's something that we were going to read that's called something like that. In another world, I tried to get laid. Is that what World Trigger was about? Hmm. No, World Trigger is about not wanting your neighbors to come over and setting up a border. <laughs> it's basically about a neighborhood committee. <laughs> ah, so, the World Trigger anime, which we're talking about, uh, was broadcast between October 2014 to April 2016. So, like, that was... Wait a minute, what? How did that happen? <laughs> Sorry, I was wait, just... Wait, what? The first season aired from October of 2014 to April of 2016. That's a long first season. It aired over two years. Did it have production delays? Uh, no. Okay, it was just a very long first season. It was uh, 73 episodes. Huh. Yeah, it, it was like a weekly series, which is surprising. Like, it, it's a weird mix of running super duper long but also not being the classic shonen this is going to run forever huh. also not being that popular yeah also it, like the original thing it was set for 50 episodes and then they kind of just went over to 73 hmm that's and, odd they must have really been into it yeah because then it stopped in 2016 right now in 2021 the second season is coming out and i do know that before the first episode of the second season came out the third season was announced and still nobody's talking about it yeah like the production committee definitely really likes it the very least but yeah like i don't hear anyone ever talking about it didn't it get moved from shonen jump to something else uh, yeah, it had like a really long hiatus at one point. It, do, 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 do. yeah, it moved to uh, Jump Square and also like went from being a weekly series to a monthly. My conclusion is that this, whoever is writing this, is probably the child of like a powerful mafia boss who's just uh, blackmailing people into keeping this manga alive. Yeah. Like, it seems like the Magaka had some health issues, and that's why we have the super-duper long hiatus. But it is really surprising that it kept on going and that it seems to be, like... Like, if you don't look at the dates, it seems like it's on the trajectory of, like, a really, really popular series. Like, you know, My Hero, for instance. Eh, it's interesting. Yeah. It's a weird situation. Uh, the anime was produced, by the way, by Toei Animation, which we haven't really seen a lot of. Like, you know, they, they do animate all the big classics. They did Dragon Ball, One Piece. They spent all their money on Precure. They don't spend any of their money on anything else. Oh, boy, do they ever. Uh, 
But yeah, I, I'm not sure how much uh, we'll get from Toei Animation in the series or like, you know, in We Watch 100 Isekai because they don't really do Isekai very much. No, and I mean, look, I, I feel like at this point we're going to need to mention this. There's probably going to be a lot of people that are saying, what the fuck are you talking about? World Trigger is not an Isekai. But... Ah, uh, yes. In all technicality, because one of the main characters, spoilers for episode one, is from another world, this does kind of classify as a reverse Isekai. Yeah. Like, there is explicitly another world, one character transfers from that other world to this world. Like, if, you, if you're saying that the devil is a part-timer is an isekai, this is also an isekai. <laughs> Check and mate, bitches. Haha. Oh, boy. And yes, we do both understand that we're set, due to all the obligatory, if this is an isekai, this is also an isekai we were setting up. Episode 100 of the podcast might just be, like, Dragon Ball. Mm, yeah maybe i'm not gonna deny it the possibility exists we are the complete concept of isekai will just unravel as we finish this we are opening up wonderful bottles of olive oil and sunflower oil and we're just like pouring it all over that slope we're making it extra slippery <laughs> yeah we're really making a La- alaska less less le- Lascivious, 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 slope, lascivious. Is that how you say that word? It is, but I'm not totally sure what you mean by that. Slope. Oh, you know, isn't that isn't that hot when you oil things up? Hmm. People like that, right? That's Uh, what the horny people like. Ah, yes, right. Sexuality. I forgot. It's been a long (laughs) time. <laughs> uh, speaking of things that aren't sexual, yeah, the character design in this show is kind of off, right? Like, hmm. maybe it's just me. I think all of the character design, especially in the anime, looks kind of bad. Yeah, like <laughs> of our two main characters, one of them has. I don't know if he's got a big head or if he's got too much hair for his head, but there's a lot of poof. There's a lot of like, I'm not sure if this is on model, but he's consistently like like that. The glasses, like the eyes and the glasses, like, like the eyes on a lot of characters just make them look like very like background character-y. Yeah. Including one of our main characters. (laughs) And... I don't know. I think it looks better in the manga's art style, but I feel like it didn't survive the adaptation to anime all that well. Something about Hmm. the proportions of everything that's just off. Yeah. Like, the art style is very similar, so it's not a, like, you know, it's easier to draw them like this situation. I think it is just a, there's there's a little something special there that didn't quite make the transition. Yeah. Either way, I guess we can launch right into it. So... Our anime starts off with a little scene of a man in glasses getting, well, a kid in glasses, getting saved by another kid in slightly cooler glasses from (laughs) some kind of giant kaiju with a lightsaber. We then get an explanation that in the city of Mikidoshi, population 280,000, a (laughs) gateway to a parallel universe opened one day and creatures known as neighbors came through. 
they destroyed a bunch of shit, but apparently they kind of just like sent the army in and didn't evacuate the city mm-hmm. until a mysterious organization named Border came in, <laughs> built a big fucking base in the middle of the city, started fighting the kaiju with lightsabers. Yeah. <laughs> they really it's really front loaded. Which I can respect. I can respect the like, listen, there's this is the plot to the series. We're not going to drip feed you this one. Here's what it's like. But at the same time, it's I mean, pretty it, it's pretty <laughs> I don't know quite how to describe I it. I mean the be- I think the best description is to like this is sort of like the people still living in Tokyo Free after third impact. No, second uh, impact. See, the difference with that though is in Evangelion, all those people work for nerve. Like, it is a self-fulfilling, they are here because there's this big organization that's telling them to be there. Whereas it seems like Border just kind of, like, set up and everyone else was like, sure, I guess we'll still be here then. Yeah, I don't know, like, because it's like, the other cities are still fine. You can move. Hmm. Like, especially because a lot of these people clearly, like, aren't in, like, that much of a monetary situation that would forbid them to move out of the zone is actively being assaulted by giant monsters yeah and it isn't yeah like it it doesn't seem like they wander off and attack other places in japan like it is very much a in this one city the neighbors are going to show up and attack yeah well in this average city there's an average school where average high school boy meganekun (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> as a kid in the back row gets bullied by some extremely generic anime bullying students oh, they yeah. toss this little uh fuck what's it called uh like a pencil case yeah they toss a pencil case around it flies against megan Aquin's head that's not his name but <laughs> i can't remember his name and he gives it back to the bullied kid Catching the ire of the bullies. Uh, his name is Osamu, by the way. Okay, okay, Osamu. And I think the other kid was Yuma? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yuma, a white-haired, extremely short boy, runs to school, having a short conversation with a mysterious little thing that's floating next to him. Mm-hmm. He talks a little bit about how he's late because he checked out the base first, and then makes his way into the classroom. The hmm. teacher makes him Wait a minute. himself. I feel like you skipped over the part where he got hit by a car. Oh, I knew I left something out. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so he gets hit by a car. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, we don't see him being hit by the car. Look, he sh- we come in right, you know, afterwards where the car's all banged up and dented and he's just kind of standing there. Yeah, he is uh, very nonplussed by the situation. Everyone's like, are you okay, bruh? Are you okay? And when he says, ah, it's fine, everyone just kind of lets him leave. <laughs> it's, this is okay. We're not going to talk about this one. Police officer does ask him for his name and address, but, like, not anything more. Which, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, he is fine, but people maybe should be more concerned how he's fine, because the entire def- entire front of the car here is ruined. Yeah. Like, it is extremely caved in, and the car is also, like, you know, it didn't swerve into a pole or anything. It's still on the streets. This yeah, clearly very... he just mm-hmm. took it dead on and just stood there. Yeah. 
Meanwhile, at school, the teachers are uh, very mad that a student is late for his very first day and that they can't contact his authority figures for some mysterious reason. As he arrives, he spies through the door, only to be caught by the teacher. He introduces himself as Kugayuma, 15 years old, even though he's short. And people are like, all right, he has bright red eyes and white hair. Must be a foreigner. Ah, yeah, that's just America. (laughs) That's Americans. (laughs) (laughs) They look like vampires. (laughs) The kids in school chat for a bit until one of the bullies shouts that uh, he's still wearing a ring and the teacher should make him take it off. The teacher insists, but Yuma-kun is also very insistent that he should be keeping the ring and a little discussion about this ensues until uh, Glasses Boy intervenes. Osamu. I'm sorry. I'm not going to remember that. He is very boring. He's very generic. (laughs) He is very... uh, He's a very, like, he's like a hot-blooded shonen kid minus the hot-bloodedness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Osamu notes that the ring must be important if he's that insistent on keeping it, and Yumakun says that it's a ring that he got as a memento from his parents. It gives the principal a dead-eye, scary anime boy look right in his eyes. <laughs> This is usually a very edgy trope, but this is kind of a bland presentation of that. It's very much... It's not very exaggerated, you know? It's not a, like... It, it is conceptually edgy, but it doesn't feel very edgy. Yeah, like, I'm not really feeling any menace from Yuma when he does that. Whereas, like, yeah, in the manga... The it's yeah, in the manga, presented. it feels like it was, it was supposed to be more of a, like... Not like a zoom necessarily, but a you know like he he flexes his eye and something freaks out the principal a little bit. Whereas like we kind of just look at a still image of his eye in the anime, right? Yeah, at some point in this episode, his his pupil colors keep changing between white and black, and I don't know why. Hmm, that's interesting in itself. I hope that's just one of the few things that would make me want to watch more of this. Yeah. So. He gets set down next to Osamu, they shake hands awkwardly, and Osamu ruminates whether uh, that kid might not be an order agent secretly, but quickly uh, puts that notion aside when Yuma makes a silly face. <laughs> um, some bullying ensues, Yuma basically uh, bullies throw a paper ball at Yuma, and he throws it back so hot that a bully is completely knocked off his chair. Yeah, he like hyper compresses the paper into a tiny little spitball in his hand. Yeah, and then flicks it forward. And while the bullies say, oh, it's just a traditional Japanese greeting, Yuma actually doesn't fall for that. Showing that in fact, Yuma is both the brains and the bronze of a protagonist duo in the <laughs> Kabuto arrangement, where one guy gets to be cool and one guy gets to suck shit until halfway through the story. Uh, classic. <laughs> yeah, that feels <laughs> like where we're going with duo. this. That's. I think that's where. I think that's the duo dynamic here. <laughs> <laughs> the extreme baller and the generic protagonist. Yeah, the protagonist that gets cucked out of being the protagonist. 
On their way home, they run into the bullies again, this time with an even larger, even more generic group of bully characters. <laughs> they try to drag Yuma away, but Asamu follows behind to promptly get his ass kicked. Yuma doesn't want to help because he doesn't understand why he would help when he's so weak. What is the point in fighting when you can't fight at all? Uh, yeah, you know the drill. You know what mm-hmm. this is. Everybody knows what this is. <laughs> right? I mean, like, I assume everyone who's listening to this has seen, like, a shonen anime before. So. Yeah. Like, the only thing that kind of separates this presentation is how extremely cut and dry it is. Like, he was just kind of squatting there while Osamu gets uh, kicked once or twice. <laughs> yeah. Then a bully grabs stick. Yuma does the... Uh, how can I say this? He does the meme of if the orc attacks you with a knife, simply block his hand and step on his foot as he will not be thinking about it very clearly. (laughs) He intimidates them again with a not very scary, scary look. And then as they are all about to attack, wham, a big portal opens and a monster comes out. Oh no, because they were illegally in the evil monster zone of the city. They walked right up to the area where all the monsters attack, and Osamu did bring up, like, hey guys, did you not notice? We're in the area where all the monsters attack. And There's one extremely like, wimpy fucking like, steel, what was that? Um, wire fence there? It's Mm -hmm. not even a wire fence. It's, um, what's that shit called? Not trip wire, the spiky wires. Like barbed wire? Yeah, it's like two pieces of barbed wire around some wooden poles. That's the fence. It's fucking broken. <laughs> they they just walked there. Yeah. You'd think this would be more... Like, they had time to build, like, a Judge Dredd-style mega structure in the center of the city, but not a fucking fence around the evil giant monster zone. Are you telling me the border should build a wall? <laughs> Perhaps border should build a wall hmm. to keep the monsters out. Controversial statements. Build a wall to keep your neighbors out. <laughs> you know, yeah. I am really glad that they called the neighbors, not the immigrants. Yeah. I feel like they'll be very on the nose. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the series is definitely going for a, you know, like, Border's eventually not going to be the good guys. I mean, they're an organization. They're an organization in a, a shonen anime. They're eventually going to be villainous. I don't know. You forget about, like, Konoha and the Soul Society. Kona, Konoha had the roots. They had Donzo. Yeah, but, And Soul Society know, is like the Soul Society. Were- they were, though those are both evil, but they're never villains. No one's ever like, hey, maybe we need to do something about this. I feel like Border will be much the same. True. Well, yeah, he definitely I see like the... I feel like Border will do a lot of extremely questionable shit and hire probably at least one psychopathic war criminal, but everyone will be like, I guess this is fine. We're not, we have bigger problems to worry about. Yeah, like they might have a psychopath, you know, brigade at one point that goes off the rails and they're like, oh, you gotta stop them. So that the rest of Border, who are all good, can continue to be Border. Yeah, then again, 
everything I've ever seen of the show is random clips of people with lightsabers fighting each other in what looks like a team-based sport without Mm. any stakes. And that is literally every clip I've ever seen of the show. So I'm not sure if this won't just mostly be like anime lightsaber high school hijinks without... (laughs) I've never seen an inkling that this show has any kind of plot. (laughs) In anything. The only discourse I know about the show, and this I guess it might be a mild, mild spoiler, is just people saying, when does Osama do something? That's why I remember <laughs> his name. Apparently there's a lot of just... Osamu doesn't do anything. When does the main character do wow. stuff? Stop the fucking presses. Couldn't have seen that coming from how this chapter went. Yeah, like I don't think it's Again, that insane to say. the arrangement. You'll know the halfway <laughs> point is there if he gets to do something useful. Uh, eventually he'll get the big common Rider armor. Yeah, eventually he'll get a lightsaber that can actually... that actually works on monsters because... during this monster attack, it turns out that Osamu is actually already mo- border agent. Apparently he became one after getting saved by... um... cyberpunk glasses boy in the beginning of the first chapter. Oh. I mean episode... <laughs> The monsters are conveniently chasing the bullies, and Yuma just tells them that they should leave and just, you know, they deserved it. Fuck them. Let them die. But Osamu's like, no, it's not right. <laughs> and he does this, uh, well, cool would be a massive overstatement. He <laughs> does a transformation into his border uniform yeah. and tries to attack the monster. It does let go of the bully kid, but uh, he can't actually damage it. And so he gets a shit kicked in, smashed into a wall, and then Yuma activates this trigger. Oh, right. Did I explain that? Order agents have this thing called a trigger that they use to transform, and oh. also it's the lightsaber for most of them. Yeah, it, it feels weird when Osamu does it, because like the transformation sequence is basically just a bunch of glitter flying around. Like, it's CG glitter. And yeah, and then his, he has a uniform that doesn't look particularly magical. <laughs> It feels like I'm watching Gates and the main character did a transformation sequence, but just ended up in, you know, military outfits. Yeah, like, it's like they say it's a transformation, but it really feels like this could have just also been him, like, going behind a wall and changing outfits and put where, activating lightsaber. I assume the transformation somehow makes him more impervious to damage because he did get smashed through a fucking brick wall and is alive. Yeah, whereas when Yuma transforms, he has, like, an entire, like sort of latex cat suit situation well latex is a bad term like it is shiny but it's also like uh like footy pajamas <laughs> like it's a little bigger right. it's a little loose it flows in a neat way like it looks more like you know some sort of like armor you know some sort of like combat uniform well thermite because there'll definitely be like a weird categorization system of triggers where it's like ah you got a ability type trigger and you got a sword <laughs> type trigger and They'll will get a long fucking barrage about it. Oh yeah, it'll it won't matter, and Yuma will have a special one that no one can explain. Ah, will trigger fans tell me if I'm right? Because <laughs> <laughs> right now it seems like Yuma's thing is he puts down bouncy uh, <laughs> images that allow that let him bounce in the air. <laughs> well, no, he puts down images that like let let him. It's like what Weiss does in Ruby, I think. Uh, yeah, kind of. I think it's like, you know, repel and attract, sort of like they, they just kind of 
boost him when he steps on them. It's mm. kind of a weirdly elaborate power. And also he punches real good. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is that uh, his little black floating thingy transforms into his suit. It looks... The, the, the trigger activation looks very clearly different from Osama's trigger activation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We also learned that this type of neighbor is called a Bamster. Ah, that Bamster. Anyone that cares. It's important. We're definitely going to get the, oh, I can't believe he took out a Bamster in one punch. Don't you know they're one of the five strongest types of neighbors? Oh, fuck, man. Yeah, we know. We know. Yeah, yeah we get a little We get a little shot off uh, HQ and... <laughs> Where they repeat again, oh my god, it's a Babster. <laughs> Send me a squad over. So presumably next episode we'll be dealing with a squad of people arriving here going, oh, he took out a Babster. How? He's not even registered as a blah, 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 blah. Mm. Are you telling me that one substitute Soul Reaver was able to defeat Menos Grande? <laughs> oh man, that is what it fucking is, isn't it? Ah, yeah. Okay. We see him disintegrating the big powerful Bamster into tiny little Utapon cubes. And we get a little flashback as Osamu remembers the beginning of this episode where the other guy also told him, isn't it all right now, Four Eyes? Or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. As, as they save them from a giant monster, reminiscing that he still sucks shit and can't do anything. <laughs> In an ironic turn for me at the beginning of this episode, Osamu reassures him that he's called Osamu and not Four Eyes. Ah, it's like he's talking to you. It's like he's talking to the audience. (laughs) And Yuma questioned him uh, why, if he has a trigger, he didn't use it against the bullies. Um, Osamu says that it isn't right once again and asked Yuma if he is an agent of border then. But Yuma implies that he isn't, and that he got his trigger from his dad. Osama's like, oh, so your dad's an agent of border? And Yuma's like, no, actually, I'm a neighbor, and I'm here because my dad told me to come here when uh, when he dies. <laughs> and Osamu's shocked, and that's the end of the episode. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, you didn't cover the world trigger fun facts. <laughs> Oh, right. How could I forget the World Trigger fun facts? Uh, people want to know about Border, Neighbors, and Tryon Body. Oh, wait, we didn't cover Tryon Body in this episode. That'll come up later, I guess. Tryon Body didn't come up in this episode. But people want to know. I guess people want to know. Mm, if you want to know about Tryon Body, please email us or leave us a voicemail. And we will... We will tell you what Tryon Body is. Will we? Uh, listen, if someone calls in about anything, I'll get. I'll try. I'll give a response. That's true. Yeah. Oh yeah. At some point in this episode, the opening happened, but I do not remember what what the opening was. It was a lot of uh, people standing around in cubes. Yeah, and, and like some people had bigger cubes, and some people had smaller cubes. And I assume that is in some way relevant. Also, some people had black cubes and some people had white cubes. Mm. And Osama, of course, had the smallest cube. Oh, yeah. Also, the girl has the biggest cube, but I kind of assume that's going to result in her standing by the sidelines a lot with a lot of people telling us that, wow, she has the biggest fucking cube. Cube so big. 
Yeah, no, I, I don't actually do anything. Uh, she might be the classic. I have the most spiritual power, and therefore all of the neighbors are going to try and attack me. Huh? Right, right. You know, you know, this is a very old trope. Remember when in Gundam, all the new types that fucking die would become basically power batteries for the protagonists? Mm-hmm. When they were like super powerful female new types? Oh, yeah. It's just this. This has just been happening since the fucking 90s, and we've made zero goddamn progress. Every once in a while, a series shows up and goes, what if we did female characters, and we didn't sideline them, and they were good? And it's very it's very rare, and it hasn't caught on. Yeah, but, I mean, nowadays it'll be like a lot of, wow, we're not sidelining you, you're important, and then proceeds to sideline female character. Yeah... I suppose it's unfair to rag on the series about this when we don't know. It's just extremely likely because this has been so by the book and also almost nothing happened. This is the complete <laughs> adaptation of the first chapter of World Trigger. Mm-hmm. And that chapter also does not have much happening. This yeah. Is... <sighs> what the fuck is there to talk about here? There really isn't a lot. Like, I'm, when I release this episode, I'll probably include the next episode, like, as a double release, because this this ain't anything. You it know, is... I will say, mm-hmm. I've I've uh, read all of Owari no Seraph recently. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Owari no Seraph is basically everything I would have wanted this to be. Ah. Because that also goes through the motions of giant mon- of monsters attacking. We meet two protagonists. One has white hair, one has black hair. We get a categorization system of powers. They go to high school. But also, they also leave high school. We leave. We completely stop pretending that the categorization system matters. Mm-hmm. And graduate from demon-killing high school in like 10 chapters. Ah... I realized recently that I like shows that have no chill and <laughs> just fucking go. Like, thing is, I, so often I just feel like, I know, I know what you're doing. You're doing something very boring. You don't need, you do, you do me the courtesy and don't drag it out. Yeah. And Owari no Seraph doesn't drag it out. Owari no Seraph goes fucking nuts almost immediately. <laughs> Like, I get it. it. You know, when you're writing anything, you need to have some setup. And it's not going to be the flashy stuff that everyone likes. But, you know, sometimes in order to tell the story you want to tell, you have to, you know, to say some things. You have to do the, listen, there's a town and it's being attacked by monsters and uh, mysterious people showed up that are probably not neighbors. Definitely not neighbors. But they just just kind of show up and immediately had anti-neighbor technology. But yeah. at the same time, like, you can put a little spice into it. <laughs> Yeah, I think just telling us everything that, like, okay, let's compare this with a very classic example of something that we said was similar. How does Evangelion introduce the situation? Right? Uh, Yeah. Because Ava sure as fuck didn't just have a big monologue that was like, this is Nerve. Nerve protects Nerve from the blah, blah, blahs. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, using the Evangelions. To be fair, that I'm pretty sure that is a line that gets said, but it's done very fast. Yeah, because that's what Misato says to Shinji. But mm-hmm. like, 
it's not just a big blurb where a narrator <laughs> yeah. tells you everything and then fucking an episode of nothing happens because everything that's interesting is all everything that would be interesting to learn is all learned through boring exposition and everything mm-hmm. that's boring is learned through torturous detail of anime <laughs> school bullshit yeah ah <sighs> Like the opening of Ava is so extremely strong because we get, you know, it's a little mysterious. We know that Shinji's being, you know, brought home by his dad, but he doesn't know what's going on. Misato shows up. She's super wacky. They, you know, drive around while an alien attacks them. Like there's so much packed into it and you learn so much about all the characters without it feeling very forced. It is just like, yeah, this is the city where where people get attacked by monsters. We show that by having a monster attack as opposed to here where it is most of the episode. There is there's no monster stuff. And at the very end, the monster feels so obligatory and we don't really get a sense yeah. of how strong it is because, you know, it kind of just attacks some people without powers and then it gets owned. <laughs> Yeah, no, because, like, also, one of those monsters get owned in the very first second of this anime, immediately, in a single shit. So hmm. it doesn't feel very impressive, right? Yeah. This is, the, this is the problem. You can say something is impressive as much as we like in a, in a manga, but if we see it, const- if every single character does it with ease, it's not going to feel impressive. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't just make something impressive by saying it is impressive. That's not how that works. Yeah, you can like, say as many numbers of oh wow, only one in ten hundred billion people have that power. <laughs> but if we meet five people that have it immediately, that's not that doesn't mean anything to the audience. Yeah. And within about ten seconds during the opening, we get like not even animated. We get still images of conventional tanks and stuff coming in to fight a neighbor. And the narration is just like, yeah, you know, the military tried, didn't didn't work, nothing happens. If you contrast that to Evangelion, yeah. we have a whole thing where, you know, the angel is attacking and we have a big conventional military response ending up with, you know, a not nuke being dropped on it as a big like, look, this is everything that the, you, can, you can do without an Evangelion and it does nothing to this monster. That's why you need to get in the robots. If we could have at least seen some soldiers eaten and then a tank crushed by the Bamster first. That would have been, like, somewhat impressive. But mm. also we see, like, a shit ton of shots of people with lightsabers fucking owning it immediately, too. It's just yeah. like, it really feels like, you know, you know what? We, I am, I'm going to chastise us for doing this. We're making a lot of assumptions again. But yeah. But, I mean, just based you know, on it, what we're visually let's seeing, just say that there's enough in this feel impressive. It just feels yeah. like Osamu really, really, really sucks. <laughs> yeah. That's all that it feels like. But if we want another example of how to do this, if you want to make a more character-focused introduction, you can take the introduction of Kamen Rider Kabuto, which introduces Tendo, the actual main character at the start, but tries to trick you into thinking it's um, Kagami. Kagami. And you could do something like this, where you don't make it like blatantly obvious that Yuma is the main character. And like... You know, you have Osamu do his thing, introduce him more thoroughly, and then have Yuma come in and steal the show as a sign of more focus. Mm -hmm. But right now, they just make it blatantly obvious that Yuma is a strong anime guy immediately from everything about his introduction. There's no mystery. There's clearly something weird about him because he talks to a weird alien thing right away. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, clearly something's up with this kid and then you find out what's up and it's the most obvious thing that could be up with him which is he's a neighbor yeah there's like 
everything is so stock standard the entire way through. Yeah, it feels like, yeah, yeah it could just be directed better. Like, if if you had the, you know, the exact same world, but you kind of just, you know, put a bit of a spin on it, introduced everything a little bit differently, I think it would just, it would feel better. The problem is that it just feels very, very plain. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, if we're already talking about that, we might as well get into the ratings. I don't want right. to just hop on the point that the series is super plain for like uh, 20 minutes. We don't need to. Yeah. Like, again, we don't have, we have to stretch anything else. So let's go into our time tested scientific rating system. How spicy, nicey, and isekaisy it has World Triggers episode one been. So I suppose let's I'm start off with hmm. how low I'm willing to go with the spiciness here because this is pretty goddamn unspicy. It's not very spicy. This might be the most mediocre thing we've ever watched. <laughs> I might give this a zero. I don't think I. Th- it can hardly imagine any way this could be less spicy. Ah. <sighs> uh, you know what? I'm going to give it like a one because lightsabers are cool, and there's not that many things where people run around with lightsabers. Sure. Like I'll I'll give it a little more. I'll give it a two, because there's there's a power system that we haven't fully explained yet. Like an absolute lack of spice to me would be there's you know people shoot fireballs and we don't explain it and that's just kind of a thing that happens. Or the like, hey, you, you know mana from a video game? That's what we have. We do it like the video game. Whereas World Trigger right. at least has something that they can expand on. I get it, but it's also like the most boring, plain Jane execution of the power system. Mm. Whatever. I'm g- for just this episode. I'm going to give it a one. Sure, sure. Okay, so how nicey was this thermite? Oh boy, how nicey was this? I mean, it wasn't actively unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> It's important because we've watched things that are actively unpleasant. Oh, yeah, plenty. This is just well, very straightforward. I'll go ahead and give it a five. There is, uh, this episode failed to make me feel anything except mm. for, wow, these character designs are kind of ugly to look at. <laughs> and this animation is kind of eh. Also, yeah. it starts off with a shot of a, like, CG monstrosity. But again, that's even, not even offensive enough for me to deduct more than half a point, so I'll still mm-hmm. round it to a five. It's not uh, a good five. I'll drop lower to a three. Like, three! I, yeah. I'm so, probably... like, you might want to go a four in relative terms, because three was gate tier. Hmm. Ah, uh, where was gate? No, uh, I rated gate a one. Okay, I guess yours yours has shifted back a bit. Okay, I'm not that harsh. I yeah. think this is like so. It's inoffensive, right? And for mm-hmm. you know what, yeah, you know what, I'll go down to a four because it's the kind of inoffensive that I wouldn't want to watch. Yeah, like I was trying to remember why I hadn't watched any World Trigger, and after after watching this episode, I was reminded. Right, this was like the first chapter where I watched, I read it, and I said no. I'm done. I don't want more of this. You know what? I'm going to go back up to a five. You oh, know, no. this is the kind of thing. 
I might, I might eat if I'm like in the plain rice without salt kind of mood. Okay, I mean that that's a mood you can be in. Fine, fair, right? Mm-hmm. But okay, so uh, uh-huh. how are you surprised of this? Ah. Uh... I mean, there's another world, and people are going through it, and it is important. And the main character did come from here, there, and Yuma is clearly the character that'll actually be important to the plot, because Osamu's yeah. fucking nobody and can't do anything. We caught a little fish out of water stuff. Like, he's got his little floaty guy that's helping him get through this wacky world of Japan, but, like, huh. And he does have the cheat level ability, it seems. And he does have the cheat level ability. I'll give it a solid five. And he has five. the white hair just, and red eyes, just like Ari Ferreira. I'm giving it a five. Right in the middle of isekaisiness. I'll also give this a five. Mm-hmm. And with that, our ratings are concluded as having this be the most mediocre show we've ever seen. Oh, but we might we might be able to do better later. Well, it depends. We'll see. I feel like I feel like there's a contender coming up. Oh, mysterious foreshadowing. Hmm. But okay, I I think that's all we really have to do for this episode. Okay. Well, it is. This as... was brief and painless. <laughs> I don't know how good this was to listen to, but I, I don't think dragging out any longer is going to make it better. So we got to stop. Yeah. Well. Uh, see you around, everybody. Next week, we're covering Isekai Cheat Magician. Oh, boy. <sighs> hey, Thermite, I want to get your reaction to this comic live on recording. Oh, sure. Hmm. Okay, so... Opening Twitter.com. Ah, so we've got Goku and Vegeta, and they're having sex with their wives. Okay. Hmm. Okay, I'm on the third panel now. I see. So this is, in fact, them jizzing so hard that their wives fly forward on their roller sk- on their roller skates. <laughs> Why? Why was this made? I don't understand what the point of this is. This is. I don't understand how you would get this idea. This is such a specific idea. This feels like the culmination of a long, long inside joke. It does, doesn't it? Hmm. <laughs> See you in another world. 